Hello and welcome to episode number 113 of the Random Thoughts Podcast. That's R-A-N-D-U-M-B-Thoughts.com online. I'm your host, Darren O'Neill. On today's show, we're going to be talking a little bit about censorship and just how extreme some of these social media companies are getting. Uh, Something going on with MailChimp, which a lot of people use for mailing lists, which may have to be stopping soon. And of course, episode 113, it's got to be lucky. I went back and looked at what I covered on episode 13, which was superstition, and noticed the uh, comment in the notes for episode 13 of Random Thoughts about my web host going down for four days, which it's been solid ever since. And we gave them the benefit of the doubt at the time. It was human error, which will happen that deleted all of their servers. And unfortunately, the backups weren't correctly set up. But we had always been happy with their service in the past. They're one of the few online companies, especially web hosts that I've ever dealt with, where if you ask a support question, Normally, your answer comes back within minutes, and quite often it comes from the owner of the company. We do have an affiliate account with the MDD hosting. So, if you're interested in checking out what they offer, I'll put a link down in the notes for this episode if you want to check them out. But, episode 113, I figured it was bad luck. I walked into the other room a second ago, turned the light on. I'm like, this seems darker than normal. And it's just a floor lamp with a couple of bulbs in it. LEDs, which I thought, you know, those are supposed to last forever. And I went and pulled the one LED out of there. And I went and looked it up because I have another similar one of the daylight variety here in the office, which I like the daylight in here, the nice bright white. But this was over in the den. And I kind of like the little bit more of the yellowish glow of the old incandescence there. So I just had to order some more LED bulbs. But I looked it up and it appeared that this bulb, this Philips LED bulb, it was one of the first LED bulbs that came out. It's weird because it's not even shaped like a normal light bulb, which, of course, you don't need to be. That's not the magic of the light bulb. These were more of a flat bulb with a little round thing going around. And when I looked it up on Amazon, the bright white ones that I have in the office here are back from 2014. So it probably lasted about six years. So I guess not too bad for something that is used daily. We're getting definitely spoiled with that kind of stuff because incandescent bulbs used to blow out seemingly all the time with regularity and the LEDs that doesn't happen as much. So when it does, you're like, oh, wow, do I even have a replacement? Because once you put all LED bulbs in your house, you're like, I'm never going to need another one for years. So I guess it's always good to keep a few backups and they are up to 100 watt equivalents now. So. I ordered some of those. Hopefully, they'll be brighter. In the winter months, it's nice to have a little bit extra light. And like I said, I can't really complain about the amount of years that we got out of that. But now the news is both good and bad. I mean, we're still dealing with COVID. My dad's buddy is in the hospital with it. I think we mentioned that on the last show. And he was one of the ones who decided that... It wasn't important to get medical attention immediately. And I think that is the worst possible thing you can do if you contract this particular virus, because it seems like you have a few days where if you get treated, you can really 
mitigate the symptoms. But I mean, he's a guy, doesn't like going to the doctor, doesn't like going to the hospital. And he was coughing for a few days. And then the fever really spiked, I think, at 104. And it ended up continually getting worse until he wound up in the hospital. At one point, uh, so bad with the amount of steroids and stuff they were giving him, he was kind of a little bit out there. And of course, nobody can visit, nobody can be there with you because COVID. And he kept taking the oxygen thing off of his face. So they asked if they could restrain him. I mean, really, not a good time to mess with a disease like this. And it was interesting because somebody posted on one of the social medias a page from a journal medical thing back from the original flu, you know, that 1918 flu, which talked about treating it with quinine, which is the natural occurring version of what hydrochloroquine is, you know, the drug that Donald Trump heralded as something that people should really look into if they get the disease way back at the start of it. And he was called a complete moron. Even though we go back to the first SARS and we had Fauci saying it worked. Well, this goes back to the 1918 flu, which said that a shot of the quinine given within the first three days of contracting the virus back then led to way less hospitalizations, way less people going into pneumonia, people getting really, really sick. So it seems like this virus is not all that different than things we've dealt with in the past. And the reality of the situation is the medical science has gotten so much better. Yeah, there's a lot of people in the hospital right now. They're saying it's at an all-time high, although the numbers are always questionable. But if you question them, you'll probably get censored. But the numbers are at an all-time high, and I believe... Again, this is something that if people just immediately upon starting to get sick would actually call their doctor, seek medical advice, get somebody to prescribe them something to lessen the severity of the symptoms, they'd be much better off. And there's a lot of things you can do holistically. Vitamin D seems to be the big one. Zinc seems to be up there. So if you're looking just to do something to try to stay a little bit healthier, I mean, we're going into the winter as it is. And just like I said, we like to have a nice bright light with the LED lights. Well, we don't get a whole lot of sunshine in the winter. You're not outside a whole lot. The vitamin D level in your body ends up dropping. And it turns out vitamin D, there were some scientists, doctors at one point that were saying, well, vitamin D is kind of the cure when it comes to COVID. And again, probably not curing, but taking your symptoms from what would wind you in a hospital at some point and lessening them to, well, you're just a little bit sick. But I digress. I'm just saying, if you get this disease, if you start feeling sick, call your doctor up and see if they can prescribe some hydrochloroquine for you with a Z-pack. They can get you on something, at least some vitamin D, probably some zinc that can lessen the severity of the disease. But I mean, Saying things like this could be very dangerous and get you removed from Twitter, can get you banned from Twitter. It's getting to the point where this kind of stuff is truly running rampant. And there's a story that I'm still looking for 
some more clarification on this. So I just want to be upfront with that. But it appears that a mathematician that appeared at the Arizona hearings about the election was banned from Twitter, not for tweeting, but for what he was saying live on, well, whoever was covering this. It could have been national TV. I don't know if C-SPAN was covering this, if this was just a web stream. But as Bobby Pitton, he's a mathematician, expert witness who was testifying at the Arizona voter fraud hearing. According to reports, his account at Bobby Pitton, B-O-B-B-Y-P-I-T-O-N, it was suspended during his testimony while the hearings were still going on. Now, I'm not 100% sure that this is true. There's a lot of outlets covering this, but as we talked about, Going back to the Rachel Brummert story, and I'm still pissed. I remember that woman's name, the one that, oh, I just had groceries delivered, and that's how I got the COVID. Well, we go back to that story, and we know that one outlet runs a story and everybody else jumps on it. I got this from a story on Breitbart, but it was all over the place, all the usual sources, and of course, all of the right leaning sources because. There's really no news media out there that seems to be unbiased at this point. And when all media is being colored by people's political bias, you definitely have a really big problem finding the truth. But if this is true, that Twitter actually had somebody ban this guy's account because of what he was saying in a government hearing. We have some major questions to start asking ourselves on how we want to live as a society. And you would think, oh, this is crazy, but it was just a few days earlier than this that Twitter suspended the account of Philadelphia State Senator Doug Mastriano, who testified at that state's election hearing. Uh, Twitter later said, well, well, that suspension was it was an error. Yeah, Twitter. It was an error. Well, how does that error happen? You know how it happens? It's when you have a bunch of activists that are in charge of what the content on your site can and cannot be. You don't have a normal, non political person doing this, obviously, because you can see a very clear pattern when it comes to Twitter and who's getting suspended and who's not. Now, what did this mathematician Bobby Pitton say at the hearing? Well, he said that if he was in charge of certifying Arizona's election results, he would, quote, rather resign than do so. The full quote, if I was an executive at a publicly traded company, I would never sign that. Because I risk jail time and having all of my money taken from me in lawsuits. So to answer your question, I would never, ever have certified. I'd rather resign than certify those results. I believe they're fraudulent based on the data. And my sister asked me a simple question this morning. She goes, how sure are you? And I said, I'd be willing to put my life on it. 
I'm that sure about my analysis, assuming that the data that I got from the state and everything else was accurate. So we have a mathematician, an expert witness, and a government hearing giving his opinion that the election results in Arizona are so far off from what he believes reality could be that there's no way he would certify that. And saying that gets his account allegedly banned from Twitter because, again, you're saying things that the left doesn't like. And all Twitter is is the left at this point. Donald Trump's tweets get tagged in a heartbeat. But when people on the left say things, they can get away with it. Not only that, but Twitter also, during this same short time period here, did not remove a Photoshop image that was posted by a Chinese official, even though they were called on to do so. So you have to ask yourself why. And then when the case of this Chinese official, and I mean, man, I would I would butcher the name here. First name Z-H-A-O, last name L-I-J-I-A-N. Unless we do first and last differently, I don't know. I'm confused there, so I won't even attempt to say the name. But he's the deputy director general of China's information department. He posted on Twitter an image which people believe to be photoshopped that showed an Australian soldier smiling while holding a bloodied knife over an Afghan child. Now, the quote that came with that tweet, shocked by murder of Afghan civilians and prisoners by Australian soldiers, we strongly condemn such acts and call for holding them accountable. Now, this is what the Chinese official wrote while posting a fake image that showed a Australian soldier with a bloody knife over a child. Now, when Twitter was called on to do something about this, they didn't. This, this caught the attention of Marco Rubio. In a letter to Jack Dorsey on Tuesday, Rubio wrote, quote, it defies belief that Twitter is unaware of the image, which falsely portrays an Australian soldier holding a bloody knife to the throat of a young Afghan child. As Australia's Prime Minister, Scott Morrison requested the image to be taken down. As such, it appears that Twitter made an intentional decision not to remove the tweet or even issue a warning label. Rubio continued, we know your company has the ability to move rapidly as it frequently issues warning labels on tweets of prominent Americans during the election, sometimes within minutes of a tweet being posted. And if you're on Twitter, you've seen this, because anything Donald Trump posts, it seems like somebody's job, if it's not automated by now, is that everything Trump posts gets an immediate lie, misinformation, not true. Don't believe this. But they'll allow Chinese propaganda. They've allowed some very dangerous propaganda from people over in Iran, too. So you have to wonder, what is Twitter's bottom line 
what is Twitter trying to do in the world when they're pushing narratives from some very dangerous people, but then calling the president of the United States the one that's pushing the false information? This is very, very concerning because the way people consume news is much different than it was 10, 20, especially 30 and more years ago. The source for news has changed, which is why we have newspapers that are failing. I mean, besides the fact that the ones that are still around are pushing a lot of liberal garbage, we have a lot of television news that is failing because people are picking up their news on social media, which, I mean, I thought it was bad when the shift happened, when people stopped going to serious news sources and there were serious news sources back in the day maybe in you know walter cronkite's time back when uh, bill o'reilly was a young buck there was serious news coverage and there were people that were doing the job of journalists and reporting the truth no matter whether they liked the person they were reporting about or not they actually did homework they looked into it they verified things with sources there was a time in american journalism for a story to run on a legitimate source you know in a legitimate paper or on a legitimate television network that there actually had to be multiple sources corroborating a story if you only had one random person you know, one anonymous source, and they love the anonymous sources now. But if you only had one source for a story, 99% of the time, they weren't going to run it because that didn't pass the burden of truth. Now there is zero burden of proof. And not only are people not watching the regular news, not only are they not reading newspapers, although those are getting to be just as bad anyway. There was the switch to the late night comedians for news. And that worried me at the time when people would be like, well, I'll just watch Jon Stewart. That's where I'm going to get my news. It's like, wow, you're not really concerned with accuracy if you're going to a late night comedian for your news. But it's gotten worse because now people are going to the social medias to get their news. And the social media is filled with the strangest characters that are out there including a whole lot of bots including some large groups that are doing nothing but pushing misinformation so it's an interesting concept now because we're also going from a time where journalists would do stories that would go very in depth to well we got to tell this whole story within about what 280 characters on twitter now that is really not enough to get to the substance of any story, which is why so much of it is just broken down now to orange man bad. Oh, he lies about everything. And then nobody ever goes and does the work to show you exactly where Donald Trump was a liar or whatever. But people believe what they see in the headlines. They don't want to go any further. And it really is sad when you have something like Twitter now you could make the case when Twitter first started was, well, at least you're getting both sides of the story. You've got the far left. You got the far right. You got everybody in between. 
But the minute one side is being censored while the other side is allowed to spew whatever they want, that is now seriously coloring the view of the people that are using that site, which is what makes it dangerous. The fact that Google, no question about it, was the guy, uh, what Robert Epstein, that said, well, you know, Google, just on the way they manipulate things in search results and that kind of thing, probably changed about 6 million votes in the presidential election. Maybe it was 8 million. It was a lot of votes that this was the guess how much of an effect that these tech companies actually have on the people that are using their services because people have a tendency to believe what they see. They have a tendency to believe what they hear. And if the source for the news only allows one side in, it's really not hard to understand why we have the state we have right now, which is a very strong dimension A and a very strong dimension B. There's not a whole lot in the middle. And I understand where my normal political leanings are, and I do my best to try to research the other side, to try to see where there is any truth, because, I mean, I know not everything that the right is saying is accurate either, but you have to do something to try to get a balance on this, and it's getting harder and harder to do that. And it's it's scary. Stanford University. I mean, this is a pretty big, well-accredited university, uh, basically just appointed a, an Antiva organizer to lead their free speech council. I mean, nothing to see here, nothing to worry about here. Stanford professor David Palumbo Liu, L-I-U. This is from Breitbart, has been named the head of the Committee on Campus Climate, Community, and Speech. In 2017, this professor co-founded the Campus Anti-Fascist Network, an organization that's been referred to by Stanford conservative students as a bona fide Antifa group. According to a report by Campus Reform, Stanford has appointed this professor to the head of the university's committee again on campus climate, community, and speech. In a blog post on the campus's anti-fascist network website, the professor argued that fascists have been exploiting free speech protections to promote dangerous agendas. Quote, fascists have used free speech as a facade for attacking faculty who have stood in solidarity with solidarity with students against the threat that these organizations and individuals pose. And as an excuse to march and organize around slogans drawn directly from blood and soil rhetoric of Nazi Germany. So, yes, we have a Stanford professor who is equating free speech with Nazi Germany. I know most of us don't go to Stanford, but this should worry you that this is the mindset of seemingly so many people. And this is what's getting through to the Twitters and Facebook and all the other social media that free speech must be stopped because that's what's allowing the Nazis to do their work. 
I hate to kind of bring up the fact that it's the exact opposite. That if you let people have their say, then you can tell everybody else why their their ideas are wrong. The answer of shutting people up is actually what the fascists do, Professor. The fascists are the ones that try to shut down free speech, what you are doing. But this is what's being used. And we've harped on it for way too long. The bullying, the everybody gets a trophy. Oh, it's a, you're offensive. It's a microaggression. These things do not lead anywhere good. What they do is they lead to you not being able to say what you believe. You are not able to say what you want to say because somebody else has decided that that's wrong or that that's offensive. And this is going down a domino effect through the social media. It's finally hitting MailChimp which is a fairly large company that does mailing lists. And we use it for my other podcast, Grumpy Old Ben's. And it's something that I've recommended for years to companies that have, you know, small businesses, restaurants, and that to be able to easily communicate with the people that are interested in your product. Because mailing lists are a little bit different than everything else. Somebody has to sign up for them. It's a little bit more personal. You request the information. So the fact that MailChimp, under their new terms of service, say that they, quote, do not allow the distribution of content that is, in our sole discretion, materially false, inaccurate, or misleading in a way that could deceive or confuse others about important events, topics, or circumstances. So, uh, you know, maybe you think that the global warming thing is a bunch of hooey. Well, you better not post that to MailChimp because they're going to probably remove your mailing list and kick you off the service. You believe that there was some improprieties going on in the 2020 election. Again, you probably don't want to send that out to the people on your MailChimp mailing list. And it's getting harder and harder to find companies that are actually standing behind free speech, allowing people to say whatever they want. And this is very concerning because you can say, well, there's free speech in the United States and that's great. But most people don't go down to the corner and preach. You know, still, that's okay. I mean, I mean, although COVID, you should stay home and you'll be uh, arrested unless you're out protesting. If it's protesting, then you can do it. But most people communicate online. And when you are giving people the ability to censor your emails, to censor your social media posts, to censor your podcast, to censor your website. I mean, the reality is, if you have a podcast, you have to have it hosted somewhere, which means if somebody doesn't like what you're saying, There is somebody else they can go to to try to shut you up. Now, if you own your own servers, that's a little bit different, but they can still track down who you are getting those servers through and possibly get to them to take down your particular content. Now, the group you would normally expect to expose this kind of stuff would be a free press, which we no longer seem to have 
in the United States. We have a press that is so biased that they're really good to absolutely nobody when it comes to real news. So it's down to us. It's down to you. And it's down to me as the citizens that still have a democratic republic that we do in the United States, or depending where you are in the world, it's up to you to stand up for your rights and to make a change and to try and guarantee that the freedoms that you enjoy today, you're still going to be able to enjoy tomorrow. This social media stuff is interesting. I mean, another story just on the periphery here was that the woman that Joe Biden has picked that he wants to be his budget director, her name is Nira Tandon. Well, she just deleted more than a thousand of her tweets, many of which were not so nice, not so complimentary to the Republicans which, of course, she's going to need some Republican support to actually be able to get the job that Biden has nominated her for. So this is some interesting stuff when we have Big Brother, a social media record going back, and we've talked about the lunacy of things like Major League Baseball slapping down uh, Josh Hader for something that he posted when he was in high school. The constant record of everything we say is kind of a uh, it's kind of a weird thing. And I know I do a podcast, so I have a lot of content out there. People have heard me say things I'm sure I've not always been right. And I'm sure that I've said a lot of things that people do not like. And in this new world that we're moving towards, I think this is going to get more dangerous and more dangerous to do so because we're moving towards things like the Chinese social score. Russia's talking about doing this. It won't be long before it's in the United States, and I know how it's going to start. It's going to start based around the COVID-19 vaccinations, because you're going to get a little card. A lot of people are saying this, even though it sounds absolutely crazy, which is you're going to have proof of a vaccination. So, oh, you want to go to the movies? You're going to have to show your vaccination card to get in. You want to go to a concert? Vaccination card. You want to go to that restaurant? Vaccination card. No, we're not going to force you to get a vaccination. But you will comply with what we want you to do if you want to partake in polite society. And this is what's been going on in China. I mean, you make a disturbance on the train. Well, then you don't get to ride on the train anymore. And then you can't fly. And then you can't. You go buy a burger and they're like, no, you were bad on the train, so we won't let you buy a burger today. All this stuff is coming. Technology is allowing this stuff to be way too easy to implement, and people are going to give into this, it seems, because, oh, it's all for a good thing, but we just want to make, we want to be safe. The concept that COVID is basically being overblown in order for a huge, big global reset. I mean, yeah, it seems like a crazy conspiracy theory just on the face of it. But once you start looking into it, there is some meat on that bone. There's a story there. There's things that point to the fact that this could possibly and most likely be going on. And a lot of this comes down to not wanting people to come out in dissent. So how do, what do we do? 
Well, we have to shut them up on social media, and we're seeing that already. Now, there are some of these sites like Parler and Gab that promise to be free speech, but they're really not. I mean, they're probably better, but they still will take down posts from people that they don't like. This concept that we have a free communicating society in the world, just not true. And it's important to know who it is that is the one censoring things and who is the one pushing the narrative. And then you start understanding the decisions that they're making. What can you do about it? Well, there's a few things. You can make sure that you're communicating with your family and friends in a way that is as secure and as off of the Snoop path as can be. And not Snoop Dogg. Although my wife bought some Snoop Dogg wine the other day. I'm like, I didn't even know Snoop Dogg makes wine. The guy's in a little bit of everything. But using something like QTOX, which I've talked about before, would allow you to chat with people, you know, send your text messages. You can do voice. You can do video and have it so there's nobody in the middle that can monitor what you're saying. And you don't have to be a super spy to want to use stuff like this anymore because some very normal thoughts are going to get you in trouble in the near future. I mean, there was somebody the other day that posted, well, you know, all those straight men really just have to get over not wanting to date trans women. And it's like, are you kidding me? Soon that if you refuse to date a trans woman as a straight guy, they're going to be locking you up. This is getting some crazy stuff going on. So you don't want anything you say really to be able to be picked up by anybody else. Use secure messaging services, know who you're talking to, and just be really careful about using social media. Because I think a lot of the social media stuff, you know, posts made in jokes are going to be a lot harder to explain. It is really a slippery slope when you start killing off the freedom of speech and trying to keep people from being offended that uh, the end result is not good. The end result is Nazi Germany, although the people fighting for this are the ones telling you, no, no, that the other side's the Nazis. But please take all of our guns and let us be helpless. I don't know. I just don't go for that. It's a crazy world we live in, and I do want to thank you for listening to my rantings and ramblings and letting me vent. It is very much appreciated. We do work on the value for value model, which means we do the shows. We put them out there. You're listening to this show, obviously, because you're hearing my voice right now. And if you got any value out of this show, go over to randomthoughts.com, R-A-N-D-U-M-B thoughts.com. Click the donate button. You can do a one-time donation. You can do a monthly donation using that button. You can use the QR code if you want to do the Bitcoin thing. And there's even a P.O. box address if you want to go old school and let the post office handle your business, which, as our buddy, Sergeant Fred, told us, at least that's the one thing when it comes down to communications. It's still illegal for communication sent in the mail to be open and inspected. So there is still something good about the post office, even though we're pretty sure they screwed with this 2020 election pretty bad. But we hope you got some value out of this. And if you did, do us a favor, share some of that back. 
And if you want to reach out to me, you can do so via email, Darren, D-A-R-R-E-N, at randomthoughts.com. You can hit me up on Twitter, the Evil Bird site at Darren O'Neill, D-A-R-R-E-N-O-N-E-I-L-L. You know, until I get blocked or shadow banned or anything like that. We have a Twitter for the show, which is Random Podcast, R-A-N-D-U-M-B Podcast. And if you want to hit me up on No Agenda Social, which is a lot like Twitter, but with none of the censorship, none of the algos, go over to randomthoughts.com and click the invite button, get an account over on No Agenda Social, and say hi to me over there. It's definitely worth checking out if you haven't done so as of yet. Thanks again for hanging out with me for a little while. We will be back next week on Wednesday for some more random thoughts. But until then, I am Darren O'Neill. Thanks for listening. 